episode 92 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vassa from Jump Consulting. And today I have an interesting story for you. I was in one of my boss mom Facebook groups and someone had posted an article that they just wrote and it was how to not hire a millennial. As you can tell, I was totally excited about it because we're always talking about this in our pet sitting groups. It was such a good written article that I needed to reach out. So I reached out and I found myself talking to this wonderful guest we're going to have today. Her name is Teresa Murphy. She's actually the founder and president of Higher Ventures. She loves to simplify things in HR and has been doing it since 2001. So quite a while. She's not new to the game. She's got a lot of tricks in her hat. (laughs) We talked on the phone and we hit it off like best friends. And I was like, you have to come on my (laughs) podcast. In fact, you guys, you're going to be hearing a lot more from Teresa because we're going to do an entire series in some managed or form. But Higher Ventures started in 2001 and she's been working with business owners ever since then. So Teresa, without further ado, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bella. I'm so excited to be here. Now, did I give your introduction enough of a ground rules of who you are? Are there any gaps that we need to fill in there? No, I think you did great. Okay, awesome. So you have this awesome blog post that I'm going to put in the show notes so everyone can read it. And it was called How Not to Hire a Millennial. And it was written by a millennial. And before we kind of start, just why don't you break down what is a millennial? Sure. Yeah, well, I do think it's important to understand kind of what we're talking about when we do say millennial. I'm not a millennial myself, but millennials are typically born between the early 80s and the early 2000s. So it's 2018. That would mean that they're anywhere from the age of 14 to 37. So quite a big gap. Yeah. Quite a big range. Yeah. And that's definitely a lot of the people, you know, petters and dog walkers, one of their avatars that they target are college students. You know, they're, they're great to do overnights. They have random class schedules sometimes, or even online class schedules. So we do find ourselves with that age range sometimes or more often than not. But what makes the millennials so different compared to maybe your baby boomers or Gen Xers or whomever else? Well, I think one thing to note is that the millennial generation is a huge generation. They're basically the children of the baby boomers, right? So they are entering the workforce. They're already in the workforce and they grew up really around technology. They definitely have certain traits that I think it's important to understand. And some of that is around technology. Uh Well, if I think about when I was a child... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had to go check out a book. I had to go check out a movie at the uh-huh. video store. It had to be returned. I didn't have a cell phone until uh-huh. after I graduated from college, believe it uh-huh. or not. Uh-huh. I didn't know what it meant to text or message. We had to write letters. So this generation is very capable of performing a lot of different technology tasks. They're capable of multitasking and they're a little bit impatient because of that. I feel like I'm on the cusp and I totally am because I'm at the time of this recording, I'm 36. I was born in 82. And partially through my schooling, it was only in middle school, high school, where the cool kids started getting the cell phone and it was pay (laughs) by the minute. But when I came home from basketball practice, I still was picking up the pay phone, calling, collecting, going, I'm going to come pick me up. (laughs) 
<laughs> instead of saying my name. But as this all happens, the thing that kills me and the reason why I wanted to talk about this for the very first time in the history of Bella in your business is because I think the millennials get a bad rep sometimes. And I think it's just because people don't understand them. You know, I think it's also a big detriment to businesses that just group one person into a whole category of 20 years and say, that's why, you know, it's it, the stereotyping. It kills. Yes. Me. So you talked about the technology makes them different. Tell me more about why the technology makes them different. First of all, I think you're absolutely right. I think every generation as they're kind of coming of age, is looked down upon a little bit by the previous generations, right? <laughs> I think it's just human nature. And I yeah. don't know why that is. They did it to me a lot as well. I personally feel like even though I'm a Gen Xer, I feel like I can relate to a millennial mindset in a lot of ways. I'm not scared of technology. I love technology. Yeah. So I think because of their ability to embrace it, things are really important as it relates to the workforce. So I think the speed in which we do things, the speed in which we can hire, the speed in which we can onboard, mm -hmm. the speed in which we can train people. I think even though they do get a bad rep on getting distracted easily, I think you can flip that and they're able to multitask and they're able to get technology a lot more. Uh huh. So when recruiting the millennials, what's very different than hiring like other people? I mean, I've heard things and I, I believe like even in that awesome article that I read on your website, it was, you know, the millennials, they don't necessarily want to be waiting weeks to find out if they've got the job. How is it different to recruit a millennial? You know, that's a really good question. I feel like if you have a strong, solid recruiting process mm -hmm. and a good recruiting system, you're going to be effective at recruiting anyone, no yeah. matter really their age. But I think millennials coming into the workforce, they've really kind of pushed it to the forefront. They've made us realize as hiring managers, as business owners, that we can't really get away with some of the old tactics that maybe worked 10 years ago. Uh -huh. And so I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing so many more socially enabled apps that are driven for business, mm -hmm. like recruiting systems, applicant tracking systems, onboarding systems, payroll systems, HRIS systems. So I think that there's a lot of different solutions that are being presented because of that. But if you have a solid recruiting practice and a recruiting process that can not only attract the right candidate, but then help you screen and vet that candidate through the process all the way through onboarding, then you're going to be successful at hiring any age group. So here's our first tangent. You're talking about the hiring onboarding process, and this okay. isn't something that I prepped you for, but I'm wondering, can you explain to us a little bit more about how crucially important it is as a small business owner who's wearing so many hats and trying to do so many different things that you literally have steps written down in your business on this is how I'm going to take someone through the whole hiring to, you know, here's the job process. I find that a lot of small business owners are spinning their wheels and trying to almost recreate the wheel with every single interview and not really having a solid process. Can you speak to that for a minute about how important that is, especially for small business owners? Yeah, definitely. Because I have experience basically with every area of HR, I have seen what a bad hire can do to a company, not only from a morale standpoint, but the distraction of having to deal with employee issues and then possible termination and claims and different things that can happen. I've always placed a huge emphasis on recruiting and screening and vetting and 
moving people through a very streamlined recruiting process that gets all of the touch points touched. Mm -hmm. So I think that consistency is really key when it comes to recruiting. You can't really expect to properly be able to compare candidates if you don't have a very similar process. Uh So you don't have to have the exact same questions that you ask every single candidate, but you want to have an overall consistent framework and then let it go from there. Mm-hmm. But having a standardized process that allows you to pre-screen them, you know, having them apply online, maybe go through a questionnaire through that application process, and then respond to them with maybe more questions, having that phone interview that you can understand, are they able to communicate with you effectively? Will they be able to communicate with your clients? And then meeting them in person and really determining if they're as good in person as they were on paper and over the phone. So I think it is really important. And then I add multiple steps in that process, depending on who my client is and the level of potential liability they could have. So whether it be background checking clients or reference checking, drug testing is a little bit sketchy now in certain states, but it's still be done. It is. It is like Massachusetts is like, we use this test called the Orion. A lot of us pet sitters, it's a system, they call it not a test. And it's a type of a background personality kind of thing. And in Massachusetts, you can't even do it. It's amazing how much crackdown is happening and how easy it is for small business owners to get in hot water without even knowing it, without someone like yourself, like guiding them through the process, you know? Yeah. It's important to know that depending on state that you're in, there's different state laws that, you know, there's the federal law that applies to everyone. And then in certain states, there's stricter state laws around how you screen and onboard and hire and pay and fire. Which just makes it so much fun as we're like hanging out in Facebook groups, talking about how we all do it, not realizing that how, you know, Molly does it, Susie can't because of state laws. Gosh, it's tough being a business owner. All right. So let me get us back on track to millennials. Okay. And let's talk more about, so once you've hired them, what are some things that small business owners could do to kind of keep them happy that might be different than like, you know, your Gen Xers or baby boomers? Well, I think understanding that millennials often want to have kind of purpose around what it is that they're doing. So mm-hmm. one thing we didn't talk about is like the social connection of the millennials. They're yeah probably the most socially connected generation really out there. Yeah. So I think having purpose around them being onboarded, making them feel important is really big. Giving them back, you know, they say they have a need for attention, which can be a negative, but it can also just kind of open your eyes to the fact that maybe an annual performance review once a year on paper isn't enough. Uh That really we need to be opening the lines of communication, having more transparency with our employees and really developing them for the person that they are. I think that's fantastic because on one hand where you have someone who, I mean, when comparing and contrasting, I like to do like real extremes. So I'm thinking back to like even my grandparents who are just like working in the factory, the same job for 40 years, day in and day out, punch in, punch out, do the same thing all the time. That just doesn't cut it these days. People are looking for the new bright, shiny object. They are looking for 
self-fulfillment. They are looking to make a difference. I mean, look at Tom's shoes or any of those other brands that, you know, buy a shoe, give a shoe, buy ethos water. I think it is at Starbucks, give Mm -hmm. water in, I don't know, some African country, like the face of business of our global marketplace is changing. And with that, we all are going to change. And I want to encourage the listeners here who might have been one of those people complaining in the Facebook groups. Listen, you can either complain or you can learn and do something about it. I mean, those are your right. two options. Right. And I want to encourage you to just learn how you can motivate people. And I am going to segue us again, but first I'll take a commercial break. So I'll give you a little prep time, but I'd love to hear your thoughts about different ways of motivating staff and learning about how to mo- like as leaders, as business owners, it is our job to help motivate our staff. And everyone is motivated in different ways. You can't just give everyone a bonus and expect everyone to be happy, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. there are different things. So I'm going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. This episode is brought to you by my free webinar, Jump and Scale Your Business. It's my three-part training series, all dedicated to finding and attracting the right kind of people that will scale your business. Did I mention it's free? Listen, you have to attend this if you want to grow your staff You feel like you're being held hostage, you have high turnover, you feel burnt out, or you're just not seeing the results you want. Join me for this three-part free webinar series. Register now at jumpconsulting.net forward slash scale. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash scale. I'll see you there. And we're back (laughs) with Teresa Murphy from Higher Ventures. And we are just having a great talk. From the minute I met you, Teresa, I just knew that you would be a wealth of information for not only myself, but all of the pet sitters that are in our community. So can you touch upon what do you think about motivating staff? Any ideas on that? Well, I think if we relate it to kind of the millennial conversation, we touched on a couple things about them being, you know, able to juggle a lot of different things, being tech savvy looking for constant feedback and recognition. And that doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. It can be in terms of, you know, recognizing them with activities and experiences are really big. You know, Uh you can take them out as a team. There's little things that can be done. And it's different, I think, within every work environment. But I think things as small as, you know, having a monthly lunch where you recognize people and you give awards for different things, whether it be something small or something larger is Mm -hmm. really key. Do you think allowing them to have, uh, this is a quick thought here, allowing them to take over the Facebook page with Facebook lives and have command over that, you know, this is how I walk a dog and this is little Molly Q that I want to share with you. Do you think something like that would mean a lot to them? I think so. Yeah. I think including them in your social media, you know, hashtags and different things that can be done to kind of showcase that experience and having them maybe recognize certain dogs that they have on their routes or whatever the case may be. So anytime you can include them and make them feel like they're part of a bigger picture, Uh putting purpose behind the job that they do is really rewarding. I mean, it's rewarding for anyone, really. Absolutely. To know that you're making an impact on the company. I know a lot of older business owners that are just terrified of Facebook Live or Instagram. And I know that there's so many millennials who live on it, you know, and with a little bit of guidance or a little bit of partnership there, you could really bridge the gap and not only just gain your next new dog walker or pet sitter, but 
a mini social manager of one of your platforms that you really don't want to do. <laughs> you know, I agree. And not only that, but it also brings awareness when you are going to recruit that next person and hire that next person. They're not just going to blindly apply. They're typically going to go look and see what presence that company has on social media and what their brand looks like as an employer brand, as well as the website. So being able to see that other employees are engaged and having fun, like who wouldn't want to work there? Teresa, that is such a magnificent <laughs> point because you, you so hit the nail on the head and we're always thinking about what does our online real estate look like for our clients, but never for that person that wants to maybe get hired. I was on a coaching call today and a gal was using the Facebook application system, which is really janky. Like it's weird and you can't really get a feel for the company. And it's just weird. I'll leave it at that. And I told her, I was like, when you're trying to attract people to apply for your company, it's just like you're trying to attract new pet sitting and dog walking clients. It's marketing, you know, but for some reason we get so dry and bleh about looking for new people. And if, if we use those platforms, Instagram, Facebook, video even, and showcase what is it like to be a pet sitter with this company or a dog walker with this company. You can totally just nail it. I love what you said. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I did want to talk about and share with you is in terms of having an applicant tracking system Uh to help you define that employer brand. Like Uh what would it be like to work there. Yeah. There are systems out there that are available that you could easily implement that would basically create your careers page for you. You would have your positions posted. They have uh-huh. job posting templates uh-huh. and then they have ways to attract. The posting would go out to a bunch of different syndicated job boards, over 20 different syndicated job boards. So you'd automatically start receiving candidates and then those candidates can see your job posting. They can view your company information and they can basically apply with one click. Wow. So there are a lot of different solutions that, again, I really believe that millennials and this generation coming in that is so tech savvy is really driving a lot of this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of systems that are being integrated with your website just so seamlessly that people yeah. don't even realize they're on a different website and can view all of these job postings and then walk candidates through a hiring process that is very, very easy and streamlined and a good experience, both for the candidate as well as you as an employer. Conceptually, it just blows my mind just how fast everything's changing. I mean, just five years ago, a simple post on Craigslist would do the job. Now it's like, no, not not, not not anymore. No, it's not. Yeah. And I have to tell you, recruiting can be a very, very expensive and time consuming process. So if you post that job on Craigslist, you're going to get an influx of resumes that are probably some may be qualified for the role, but a large percentage of them may not be. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to spend the time going through them, hopefully responding to those that are qualified and then moving them through a process that hasn't been defined. But if you were to have a system that is basically part of your employer brand, it's your careers page on your website. You've got clearly defined job descriptions that are transparent and that really communicate what you're looking for in the candidate and what you have to offer. Then they can move through a hiring process with template emails set up that can automatically go out, keep that candidate updated through every step of the way, walk them through questionnaires, request references, basically take them from job posting to hire with literally just a handful of clicks. That sounds so easy. 
It sounds so easy. And I'm wondering why so many people are like literally banging their head against the wall trying to do all of this. They're saying, oh, I couldn't get back to people in time. It was two days. I was busy. I was out in the field or I just didn't know or I couldn't find that document I needed to send to them. Or you guys, if your hiring process isn't easy, then you need help. So Teresa, why don't you tell us, I know that you have a type of an offer here for us, or you work with people and you actually help set this up for people. Tell us a little bit more about that offer. Sure. So over the years that I've been in HR, I've implemented a lot of different systems. I'm a little bit of a tech geek, mm-hmm. I think at heart. So I'm a big believer in leveraging technology to streamline your processes. So then you can really focus on your business. Yeah. So the deal that I have is basically from an implementation standpoint, since we are a consulting firm, we will implement any of those platforms for a flat $99 fee. Wow. So wait a minute, let me break this down. So you guys, you know, I don't sell on these podcasts. Okay. So And I I like to bring you resources, but the only resource that I feel like is even remotely, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, remotely close to this is hierology, which is so stinking expensive. And when you think about this, one of the biggest problems, you're like, yeah, that sounds like a good solution, but then I have to spend the time to go set it all up and I don't know where to put this and I don't know what to say here and how does it look from the outside and all this. So what you're saying is not only do you have the solution for many small businesses who you work with all the time to help from A to Z with this whole hiring process that we're constantly trying to redo every single time we hire someone, but you also can set it up for us. Correct. Well, here's my credit card. <laughs> yeah. So here's I mean, what we've done. So we have a team of people and we've implemented this solution so many times. We have standardized templates that we can basically take from and then customize for the client. Uh-huh. It's got all of the token guides anyway in the system. So you can insert company name and job title and candidate mm-hmm. name and all of that. Mm-hmm. We've just done it so much and we are using the system so much for us. I mean, it's honestly, if, yeah. it's old hat. Yeah. So kind of in honor of my company's anniversary, which I was actually thinking my company, I founded my company in 2001, which if it was a person would be a millennial. (laughs) So in honor of how I started the company, which was really around recruiting in the high tech sector, Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of offer something that takes it back to recruiting. I'm a big believer that if you hire the right person, the rest of that employment relationship is just smooth sailing. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get the right people on board, you don't have to keep worrying about that. You can keep worrying about growing your business, right? Yeah. You can focus on that business. I keep telling people that they need an HR person on their team to help them initially establish stuff. But can you explain to us a little bit more about how you work with small businesses? Sure. Yeah. So what we do is we're basically an extension of if that business had an HR person on site, if they had a recruiter on site, we would be that person. So mm-hmm. we partner with small businesses. We act on their behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, I found that small companies, if you have one employee, you have HR needs. It yeah. just happens, but Me you too. don't necessarily need a full-time HR person. Right. So we're kind of like your on-demand HR expert, recruiting expert, whatever it is that you need that falls within that arena. Yeah. And my experience is very broad. When I was in corporate HR, I've worked almost in every state 
So I'm very familiar with state and federal laws. So I handle a lot of the HR components Uh of the business. And then I have people that work with me that really focus on that recruitment, that they're kind of the recruiting experts. And what they would do with a client if we were to be engaged from a recruiting standpoint is when those candidates are coming in, my recruiters are doing all the vetting and the screening, setting up the interviews, doing the offer negotiations, basically everything as if you had your own full-time recruiter working for you. I know that's sounding so lovely to so many people listening. And another thing that I know, and we're going to have to do this at another point, but is the whole system of firing or letting people go because nobody, nobody understands or knows what they need to do there. And you get in a lot of hot water. So you guys stay tuned. This is going to be the first of many times you are going to see Teresa Murphy with higher ventures, either on the podcast or on the blog or on a Facebook live or something. We're going to be coming to you again and again. If you want to check out Teresa or check out her offer, feel free just to go to higherventures.com forward slash anniversary. All of this information is going to be in the show notes. Teresa, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I know that you really just like probably made a lot of pet sitters and dog walkers go like this. (sighs) (laughs) just to know that there's someone out there to help them. So thank you to everyone listening. If you guys like this, go ahead and find out where you found it and go ahead and comment because Teresa and I will be monitoring these. Go ahead and like, and subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, or Google play. And you guys remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.